Rebecca. And Lily. And you're listening to... Just Ghouly Things! Hey, Boo Things, we're your beautiful hosts, Rebecca and Lily. Hey! So, I think that the static is good. We had tried this once before, Boo Things, and... It was just a very weird static, hasn't happened before. So we're going to try this again, and uh, hopefully some spooky kooky spirits aren't trying to mess with this episode because we have a really, really cool episode for you guys this week. Um, But before we get started, I wanted to talk, like we talked about the first time we recorded this, um, just about how much we love you, Boo Things, and how... Mm -hmm. Uh, We just love the support that you give us, and we love being able to support you back. So I wanted to shout out James Allen Ross for sending us his book, Spirit of the Woods. And not only that, but acknowledging us and his acknowledgments at the end of his book, which was really fucking cool. Yes, thank you, James. Yeah, like, Lily, you were saying before this got all messed up, how it definitely, like, changed your whole week around and just how it's so cool to have such an impact on you guys because you guys have such an impact on us and you guys the reason why we keep doing what we're doing so just little things like this mean the absolute world to us absolutely um so before we get started uh talking about our topic i do want to uh talk a little bit about spirit of the woods so this book is the story of a young woman's encounter with get this bigfoot my fave. Mm-hmm. So Alex Knight, the world's foremost authority on Bigfoot research, heads to Canada to investigate a profoundly credible Bigfoot encounter. His daughter, Sydney, eagerly joins the expedition. Accompanied by reluctant Toronto television hostess Amira Ali, Sid and her father's team adventure north in pursuit of the legendary Sasquatch. Prophecy mm. from a forgotten Algonquin tribe and a mystical calling deeply connects Sydney to the creature. The revelation of unknown truths ensures that Sid will never see the forest or herself the same again. Mm -hmm. It sounds so good. Yes. So you guys can check this out. Um, You can buy it on Kindle, I think, for like $2.99 and then Amazon for $9.99 where you can get yourself a physical copy if you want. Um, if you're totally into ebooks, though, you can buy it through Amazon like that as well. Or like I said, Kindle. Um, I'm definitely going to start reading this book next. So mm-hmm. check it out. Um, and also check out his two other books um, from the Haunting of Dylan Claypool series. Um, he also acknowledges us in the end of his, in, of his second book of The Haunting of Dylan Claypool. So uh, really good series. Book three should be coming out very soon. And Spirit of the Woods, uh, which is currently out now. So... Without further ado, Lily, what are we talking about this week? Today, we are talking about creepypastas. Yes. So, Lily was actually the first person to tell me or to even introduce me to the concept of creepypasta. So, Lily, do you want to explain what exactly creepypasta is? What's the point of it? So, basically, uh, here's a fun thing. So, I, I heard word on the street is that... They're called creepy pastas because it comes from a Reddit phrase called copy pasta, which is just a long story that would be copied and pasted all around Reddit. Okay. But since they're spooky kooky, they call them creepy pastas. Interesting. These are like such new, like these are such new generational terms. Like I feel so old. I'm like, what's a copy pasta? 
<laughs> oh, I didn't know that until I was uh, watching a video on them, and they were like, just so you, they were like British people, they were like, just so you know, copypasta is the original phrase of creepypasta, and like stuff like that, and now if we have any <laughs> listeners overseas, they're all gonna come at me for my horrible British accent. If you want to bully Lily for her accent, email us at justgoolythingspodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Also, okay, Rebecca, you know that post you sent me that I about a gossip girl using their like awful reviews yes. as advertisements? Like luckily, I don't think we've ever gotten we got that one review that sounded like it was going to cut like what was it last week that or two weeks ago that we got the one that was like so so far there's been a lot of cussing and talk of slashing ex-boyfriend's tires and like we thought that was going to be a bad one. Yeah. But then it was a good one. I'm still on that. Sorry, that, guys. Um, honestly, amazing. But, like, if we ever do get, like, a you don't know what you're doing or, like, someone just, like, who's just jealous of how great we are, I think we should use it for advertising the way Gossip Girl did. I went thousand percent behind it. And I think that if it's, okay, if you're watching the podcast right now and you're watching it just to try to find something to talk shit about us about, um, mm-hmm. come up with something really witty Send us hate mail at justgoolythingspodcast at gmail.com. And if we think that your work is good enough, we will print it on our merch. Shop our merch at. Oh my God, wait, that's so smart. There's a link. Sorry, wait, what? I am so smart, Rebecca. I know. I know. Because, I mean, who wouldn't want to wear a shirt from your favorite podcast of it being like, this sucked ass? And then, like, just ghoulie things at the bottom. Like, this, it's gold. It's gold. Honestly. But, yeah, buy okay. our merch. That doesn't have bad reviews on it. Everyone loves our merch. So uh, go check it out at... T plop, t- Jesus fucking Christ. Tpublic.com. <laughs> and just type in just ghoulie things. Or you can go to the link um, in our bio on Instagram at just ghoulie things podcast. Click our JGT merch store, and then it'll directly send you to our merch store. Where we're selling more than just our logo merch. We have a bunch of other cool Bigfoot-inspired merch and witches and ghosts and everything that's perfect for the spooky kooky ookie season. Yes. Okay. Well, I think that's the first time we've actually ever promoted our merch store in the beginning of an episode just to make sure we got it done and people actually listen to it. So good That's for us. That's so true. We're getting so much better at this. Good for us. We're becoming real professional. It's like we podcast or something for like a <laughs> living. Do you even pro- podcast, bro? <laughs> okay. So, Lily, do you want to start us off with your first creepy pasta story? Sure. So, my first creepy pasta is called this one's a little longer um i think it's the longest of the ones that i have okay um because and like rebecca and i were saying some of them are like 17 minute reads you know and like maybe we could do like a halloween special where we each read only one Ooh, that'd be cool right like that could be a thing we do but just to dip our toes in the water, here's um, a couple of kind of, you know, less long in-depth ones that are still spooky kooky So my first one is called Doors. It says, I was adopted. I never knew my real mother. Rather, I knew her at one time, but I left her side when I was too little to be able to remember. 
I loved my adopted family, though. They were so kind to me. I ate well, I lived in a warm and comfortable house, and I got to stay up pretty late. Let me tell you about my family real fast. First, there's my mother. I never called her mom or anything like that. I just called her by her first name, Janice. She didn't mind at all, though. I called her that for so long, I don't think she even noticed. Anyhow, she was a very kind woman. I think that she is the one who recommended my adoption in the first place. Sometimes I would lay my head against her in front of the television and she would tickle my back with her nails. She is one of those Hollywood mothers. <laughs> Me in the future. <laughs> um, second, there's dad. His real name was Richard, but he never really liked me much. Oh, and by the way, guys, just so you know, for the most part, creepypastas are not true stories. That is really good to point out because there were 11-year-olds that killed or tried to kill their 11-year-old friend because of a creepypasta. Because of Slenderman, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a lot Sorry, online take, I was taking a drink so. of my ginger ale. No, but go yeah, for it. So, um, creepypastas are usually more of like an embellished, uh, personal experience or like inspired by something or just a fun like little short story so these do not take these as real encounters i don't want the skeptics like um of course there wasn't a flying demogorgon in the middle of silicon valley in 2018 we would have seen it in the news like yeah because it's not fucking real fuck off yeah so that being said um second there's my dad his real name was richard but he never really liked me much, so I began to refer to him as dad in a desperate attempt to gain his affection. (laughs) It didn't work. I think that no matter what I called him, he would never love me as much as he loved his own child. That's understandable, so I really didn't press the matter. The most notable attribute of dad was his unmoving sternness. He was not afraid to pop his children when they did something wrong. I found out before I could use the restroom properly. He didn't hesitate to spank me. Well, I'm in line, and it's because of his methods. Lastly is my sister. Little Emily was really young when I was adopted, so we were about the same age, but she was slightly older. I liked to think of her as my little sister, though. We got along better than any sibling could possibly get along. We would always stay up late together and just talk. Well, she did a lot of the talking. I mostly just listened because I loved her. It was a great setup that we had. We were short on bedrooms, so because I didn't want to sleep in the living room by myself when I was littler, I had a pallet set up for me next to her bed on her floor. This is where I have slept since. But it was cool with me because I enjoyed being with her, and I had always felt pretty protective of my little sis. Everything changed on a horrible Wednesday night. I was at home taking a nap when little Emily opened the front door. The sound of the door opening pulled me to a state of consciousness, and I walked from the room down the hall to the living room. That's when I first remembered it was Wednesday. I was never any good at keeping track of what day it was. Actually, I'll just go ahead and say it. My sense of time was horrible. (laughs) And honestly, that's all of us in 2020 right now. Yes, honestly, don't even know what day it is. Literally the only, okay, I was at, I was at the restaurant the other night and this woman came and we do on, I think it's Tuesdays and Wednesdays, we do half price bottle of wine. Ooh. Yeah. Right. So come check that out guys. Um, but this woman came in 
and she was, and they come in every, I think every Tuesday. And I was like, Hey, it's good to see you. And she was like, you know what day it is. And I'm like, yeah, of, (laughs) of, of course I do. And she was like, Lily, like, we're here for our half-price bottle of wine. I was like, oh, it's Tuesday. Like, <laughs> that's 2020 for you. Yep, exactly. Especially, like, essential workers in 2020, their normal shifts went out the door. Yes. Yep. So, um, so yeah, my sense of time was horrible. But nevertheless, I knew it was Wednesday because Emily had just come home from her church's youth group gathering, which is actually a thing. I didn't know about that until my mom was telling me that she went to Sunday school and Wednesday school. Yeah, I did. I did youth group like one time because my mom (laughs) just needed to put me somewhere. And so she just threw me into a (laughs) random youth group thing and I never went back. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, she walked in the front door and hugged me and then was followed in by dad and Janice. You have a good nap, Janice said teasingly as she ruffled up my hair. I just shook my head away and snorted in a manner that clearly expressed that I was teasing back with her. Don't you snort at your mother like that, said my father gruffly with authority. He shut the door behind him and hung up his coat. I was clearly joking, I growled under my teeth. He must not have heard me because I didn't feel him smack me. Emily then proceeded to our room and I followed. She started telling me about her day, you know, usual teenage girl stuff, but I listened so that she would feel better. After her summary, she suggested watching TV, and I obliged and jumped onto the couch as she was going for the remote. She rolled her eyes at my little brother-like immaturity and scooted (laughs) me over and sat down. The TV turned on, and we watched it together until the sun went down. Emily was the kind of girl that, instead of watching cartoons and soap operas, would rather watch Discovery and Animal Planet and National Geographic. I like those too, so I I didn't mind. Actually, those were the only channels that could hold my attention. So, it got late and Janice walked up behind the sofa. Emily, it's past your bedtime. Turn off the television and go to your room. And you too, she pointed at me. Emily turned off the program we were watching grudgingly and stood up. She started down the hallway to our room. As I followed, I couldn't shake the feeling that something wasn't right. She went into our room and Emily turned off the light. Just as she did, I caught a flash of movement out of the corner of my eye. It was out the window. Uh, It was out the window. But as soon as I redirected my line of sight to where the window was, no longer in my peripheral vision what it was i thought i saw was gone i still remained alert for my sister's sake i laid there in the darkness with with nothing but the thin ray of light from the street lamp outside to illuminate the room it wasn't much time and time again i could have sworn that i heard subtle sounds just out the window a twig break leaves crunching clothes jostling And all the while, I could smell a faint stench of sweat and blood. I kept my eyes open most of the night. The sounds outside subsided, and the smell left my nose. I began to feel at ease, my eyelids closed. Not long after that, I heard a very loud crash on the other side of the house. I was up in an instant. 
There's someone in the house, I barked with extreme adrenaline going coursing through me. Wake up, I shrilly pleaded with Emily. She did, and as soon as I saw her sit up, I ran to my parents' room. Dad was dead. His neck was splayed open and gaping as blood spilled out of it, off the bed and onto the floor. I saw that the master bathroom's door was closed, and just before it, on the outside, was a man. A man? I don't feel comfortable calling it that. He was very large and rugged. He turned around and saw me, and that's when I saw him accurately for the first time. I won't forget it. His eyes were large and beady and trapped with lust. He was styling a beard that was badly unkempt with blood dripping off. His clothes were dirty and his face was cold. Just then, I noticed the same horrid smell of sweat and blood from earlier. But this time, it was overwhelming. He saw me. He saw me and grinned with a set of crooked yellow teeth. That smile threw me off. I thought that I was going to die. But then he turned back to the bathroom door and completely unperturbed and was completely unperturbed by my presence. I was terrified and didn't know what to do. I just yelled and cried. I watched as he shouldered through the door that was mom's only protection. I watched as he raised the large razor that he was carrying, but had obviously neglected to use properly. I watched as he sliced her open and tore her to shreds. Then I heard something. The last thing I wanted to hear. It was Emily's scream coming from behind me. The large monstrosity, uh, the large monstrosity looked up from my butchered mother and stared at my little sister. I was distraught. He stood up and quickly started walking towards us. My sister turned and ran. I was at a loss when he bypassed me and went straight after her. Why was she still in the house? Had she not assessed the situation and run? Apparently not, and now she was dead and I was alone. I ran after them both. I expected the man to kill her as he had the rest of my family, but I was sadly mistaken. He grabbed her by the arm and jerked her as a way to make clear that he was in control. He dragged her through the house. I was making all the noise I could now, hoping and praying someone would come to my aid. He mustn't take her, not her. As he passed me, I backed against the wall and whimpered with terror. Why? He didn't respond, except by putting his free hand on my head while Emily screamed in the other, in the other, and saying, good boy. He gave another crooked grin and a very cold, unnatural laugh. I followed him to the door where he dragged my helpless sister after him. He opened it, pulled her out and slammed it shut behind him. I am now sitting in my in the house with my mutilated parents, shivering and whimpering with dismay. He's out there with her, doing who knows what to her, and I can't do anything. I would if I could, but I can't. I would chase after them in a heartbeat, but I can't. I sit here, looking at the front door. I look down at my paws. If only I could open doors. The end. What the fuck? What? What? So this whole story is from the point of view of a dog. Oh my god. 
Right? Ah! Right? So when I read this, when I read this this morning and I was reading through it, I was like, oh, it just sounds like a lot of violence. And then I got to the pause part and I was like, oh, my God. I know. Oh, my God. That took me a second. What? Right? And you think about it, like, National Geographic, Animal Planet. Lily coming in hot with the first story this week. Oh, right? That's fucking bonkers. We love our furry. We love our furry listeners. Not like, all, like all, not like furry, furry, but like. Listeners. We, love <laughs> we love like the furry, like our, our, our animal friends. I don't, uh, whatever. Over it. <laughs> We're going to get that on a fucking t-shirt now. Oh, hi, Loki. Oh my God. He scared the shit out of me. All of a sudden I hear a huff and something goes underneath my arm and it's Loki. Oh, hi. Our favorite furry listener. Yes. Oh, how cute was that picture I posted yesterday on our on our Instagram? Oh my god, of, of him as what's his face, Georgie, or him with the book? Oh my god, sup as Georgie from oh it. My god. That was I saw that when I was on my. It's funny. I was on my lunch break and I was like, okay, like I'll post something for bully things. And I went through and I was looking through. <laughs> Um, my like, al- I have an album on my phone of pictures that I find memes that I find uh-huh. to post. And I was like trying to see which one would fit. So I exited out, went to the page and it was like 12 se- in the 12 seconds. I was trying to pick a picture. You posted that. We do that all the time. Like I'll be like, all right, I'm going to post this picture. All of a sudden I get a notification on my personal page saying, just Ghoulie Things podcast tagged you in a post. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck, Lily? We are on the same spectrum. It's so funny. What's our name? Really Balda Ruber? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so funny. But uh, yeah, actually, speaking of which, guys, um, we're going to be posting twice a week on Wednesdays and Saturdays of our favorite dog costume pictures to get all of us ready for the Halloween season. So if you have any pictures of your furry friends and their favorite Halloween costumes from past years, or even if you're celebrating a little early this year, since it's 2020, there's, you know, uh, time is just a social uh, construct, so you can just celebrate Halloween every single day. Um, Just email us at just Billy Things Podcast or post, at gmail.com. That too. And you could post on your IG and tag us at Just Ghoulie Things Podcast. And uh, we're definitely going to try to post as many furry friends as possible. Yes. I have, um, I need to try to, it's hard because for those of you who have seen my dog on my Instagram, mostly on my stories, I don't post her on my feed a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rebecca has seen like full blown pictures of her and she is stocky. I love right? Faith so much. She's got this tiny little butt, but these big shoulders and this large head. So it's really hard to, like, find clothes for her. Like, <laughs> we tried getting her a Christmas sweater, and it was cut kind of funny. And, like, we got her a hoodie, but, like, for dog costumes, which she'd be patient enough to wear one. But, like, what size do we get her? <laughs> Lily, when we're done with this podcast, I'm going to tell you exactly what she, what you should make her for Halloween. And it's something okay. that you can make from home or whatever. You don't even have to buy a costume. But okay, we'll have good. it be a surprise. Okay. Okay. <sighs> All right. What's your story, Rebecca? Mine is titled Instant Messaging. Loki, for the love of God, do not cry while I'm reading this story. All right. It all started on the 14th night of March, the night of my parents' 20th wedding anniversary. It was a wonderful sunny day, if memory serves, surprisingly warm for before the beginning of spring. 
The beautiful weather was perfect for the atmosphere of the day. Being married for 20 years is obviously a momentous occasion, so my parents had booked a table at our favorite Italian restaurant. Of course, this was a formal occasion, so I had my best suit on. It was 5.33, and I was just straightening my tie when my phone went off. I'd received a message. Not strange, I thought. That never happens. I checked the message. It was, same. <laughs> it was from my mom. It was quite a jumble of numbers and letters, but through the vocabulary stew, stew, I could make out the legible phrase, please help me. It should go without saying that this worried me greatly, so I immediately replied, are you okay? Just as instantly, I got another text which read, oops, pocket text. I sighed with all relief I had and continued to prepare myself. A few minutes later, I received yet another message, this time from my dad. I checked the text, and once again, it was a massive mixture of letters and numbers with the phrase, please help me, concealed within. Creepy though this was, my dad was always a jokester, so I presumed he was just joking around until I was sent another text saying, oops, pocket text. Now this sparked panic. Pure, unmistakable panic. Exactly half a minute passed when I received the exact same message from my sister. This could not be coincidental. It just couldn't. In a sheer state of anxiety, I started to run to the restaurant. I made it about a quarter of the way before I was stopped by a police officer. Main road closed, he said. Huge car crash. This was the exact moment I realized just what had happened. I demand to see the wreckage, a request I'm surprised, I'm surprised was allowed. When I got there, it wasn't the remnants of the car that caught my eye, not the flames billowing from the destroyed vehicle. No, I was horrified to see the lifeless corpses of my mother, father, and sister. I asked for the estimated time of their deaths. All three of them were killed instantly by the collision at 5.32. Just one minute before he got those texts. Yo, I don't like that at all. So, spooky kooky. Right, Loki? Yeah. Who sent the text? Oh, God. And then the fact they're like, oops, pocket text. Ah. Well, like, who, like, how, like. Uh. Oh, my God. So You know bad. what would especially, like, get me would be, I don't know how to put it. Like, I'm the, I'm the type of bitch where I'd be like, oh, there was a wreck. Let me see. And if they said, okay, I'd be like, no, man. What are you, crazy? I don't really want yeah. to see that. Oh, Lord. Uh, okay. Oh, Lily, did you do three stories or five stories? I did three. Oh, okay. Perfect. So, okay. speaking of which, what's your next one? Okay. So, my next one was... It's called... This is a pretty popular one. And there is actually an image that goes along with it, which is very spooky, kooky, ooky. And I believe... Now, being a creepy pasta, um, it's not real. And the image that they used... <laughs> I think turned out to be like it's an old you've probably seen it. I'll post it on our Instagram and in Just Coolie Things podcast group. Um the image that goes with this, I wish like we could like throw it up or whatever, but it's kind of like a spooky looking woman and she's got like black hair and she's like in a hospital bed, right? Okay. So some of you might know what I'm talking about, some of you might not, but you will eventually. So it's called the expression list. Uh, in June 1972, a woman in Cedar Sinai Hospital in nothing but a white blood-covered gown. This itself should not be too surprising, 
as people often have accidents nearby and come to the nearest hospital for medical attention. But there were two things that caused people who saw her to vomit and flee in terror. The first thing being that she wasn't exactly human. She resembled something close to a mannequin, but she had the dexterity and fluidity of a normal human being. Her face, as flawless as a mannequin's, devoid of eyebrows, and smeared in makeup. I know what picture you're talking about. You know the one I'm talking about? Yes, yes. Okay, exactly. So, yeah, that's the one. Um, From the moment she stepped through the entrance to when she was taken to a hospital room and cleaned up before being prepared for sedation, she was completely calm, expressionless, and motionless. The doctors thought it best to restrain her until the authorities could arrive and she did not protest. They were unable to get any kind of response from her, and most staff members felt too uncomfortable to look directly at her for more than a few seconds. But the second the staff tried to sedate her, she fought back with extreme force. Two members of staff had to had to hold her down as her body rose up on the bed with that same blank expression. She turned her emotionless eyes towards the male doctor and did something no one expected. She smiled. No! As she did, the female doctor screamed and let go in shock. In the woman's mouth were not human teeth, but long, sharp spikes. Ah. Too long for her mouth to close fully without causing any damage. The male doctor stared back at her for a moment before asking, what the hell are you? <laughs> Pretty much people- when I come home drunk. <laughs> <laughs> um, she cracked her neck down to her shoulder to observe him still smiling. There was a long pause. The security had been alerted, and she would be heard coming down the hallway. She stood up and leaned over him, her face coming dangerously close to his as the light faded from his eyes. She leaned closer and whispered into his ear, I am God. Ah! He went into shock and completely disappeared. What? The female doctor named her The Expressionless. There was never a sighting of her again. The end. Something tells me that this wasn't God. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe a far stretch, but I'm just getting that feeling that this didn't seem too godly. Yeah, right? God would not show up looking like that. Like, I doubt he's like that tall white guy looking like Gandalf that we all make (laughs) him out to be. What, okay, what did, like, if you were to picture, if you were to think as a theory that what God looks like, would you be able to say, like, do you think he physically looks like a human or, like, what like what do you think he looks like? Or she. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be. Well, I was about to say, Ariana Grande, our Lord and Savior, said that God is a woman. <laughs> Isn't it so bad how we'll naturally say, like, he instead of she? Like, not even giving it a thought of maybe this could actually be a female being. Right, and then there, I mean, honestly, I like to think that when I picture God, I simply just imagine, like, a hybrid of Jesse Metcalf and Noah Centineo. That's, 
That's what I see. Do you know who those two actors are, Rebecca? Of course I do. I've, I, I'm just sitting here in shock because your obsession with Noah Centineo is something that I have never seen. I think this is starting to take place of your, um, your Drake Bell obsession. Yes, well, because Noah Centineo isn't problematic like Drake Bell apparently is, according to TikTok. <laughs> and here's the thing with Noah Centineo. He, okay, Noah Centineo fucking, I got played because he posted on his Instagram story, hey, I'm working on a new project, like, text this number oh god Lily. Blah, blah, blah. and i'm like yo like it's not it's a scam but you're gonna get like the bot text the hi this is noah go yeah. to this website and read about my next pro- right mm-hmm. but then he was posting screenshots of conversations of them saying hi is this noah right and him like av- actually having a conversation so i was like oh he's actually talking to these people and it then it clicked for me like those are his friends wow Right, like those are his. So I'm like, fuck it, let's text this number. And of course, I got the hi. Thanks for reaching out. Yeah, I am. It's great to hear from you. And then they made me like fill out this thing. It was so weird. <laughs> and I was just like, unsubscribe. What a because fucking did... asshole. Wait, did you get? Did you get curved by a bot? I don't think I did. <laughs> uh, oh my god! But honestly, okay. Noah Centineo, that is, like, false advertising. If you're going to post pictures of you having conversations with who we think... Loki, shut up. I know you're mad, too. But, like, if you're going to post something, don't pretend that you're actually going to be texting these people when it's just you're showing screenshots of, like, your conversations with friends or whatever. Like, what the fuck? I know. I think it was, like, his friends posing as fans. Like, let's say that I'm, like, a rich, famous millionaire, right? And I'm like, hey, guys text this number you know and i'll tell you about my new project right and then i would call you and be like yo rebecca just text me and pretend you don't know me and you're a fan right like that's what this motherfucker did what a fucking asshole but i still love him (laughs) i i like to believe it was his marketing team and not him oh god okay well on that sad note we're gonna go to my next (laughs) (laughs) it's called roommate troubles So this actually happened to me a few years back at the University of Arts in Philadelphia. My sophomore year, I roomed with a girl named Kara. She was a jazz vocalist, but her main interest was opera. We had a small... Every time I think of opera, I think of Olivia. Um, Right? Especially because she went to school in Philly, too. Did she actually? Oh, yeah, she... Yeah, yeah, she did. Okay. Um, We had a small room on the sixth floor of a dormitory called Juniper Hall. The walls were thin, and her last night singing and voice practices would keep me up late. After a month or so of lost sleep, I convinced her to move her last night practices to the music studios in the Miriam Theater building a block away. Around 8 o'clock one evening, Kara announced that she would be practicing late for an upcoming recital and probably wouldn't be home till around midnight. Great, I thought. That means I can go to bed early. I was beat. I had a horrible day in acting studio and was ready to pass out as soon as I had dinner. She said goodnight and left, coffee and sheet music in hand. I made some grilled cheese and soup, gobbled it down, and immediately began to prepare for bed. By the time I got out of the shower, my eyelids were so heavy I could hardly brush my teeth. I pulled on my PJs, crawled into the top bunk of my bunk bed, and I was out as soon as my head hit the pillow. Okay, so real quick, so far, this sounds like, I mean, listen, I'm not well-versed in college, but this sounds like the quintessential college night. Yes, 
like I'm wiped out. I'm gonna have a grilled cheese and soup and then get into my bunk bed. Literally, I did not dorm at college, but I can relate to this <laughs> to this night. All right, let's see how much okay, more we can relate to. Stuff. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, you're good. I should take a second to describe the layout of our apartment. Let's hear it. When entering the apartment, the bedroom was through a door immediately to the left. Our bathroom was inside the bedroom, just past the bunk beds. You are as nice in the sense that you don't have to share bathrooms. Okay, that's good. Anyway, I woke up to the sound of the apartment door closing. I opened my eyes and groggily checked my phone. Midnight on the dot. I rolled back over and closed my eyes. I heard Kara enter the room and stop in the front of the bunk bed. Yes, Loki, I know. It's very, it's, it's crazy, okay? Checking to see if I'm actually asleep, I thought. She flopped down on the bed below me, which was strange as she was a stickler for brushing her teeth and washing up before bed. Then again, exams were just around the corner and we were all exhausted. The mattress below me creaked and then was silent. I couldn't even hear her breathing. I started to drift off again. I was just on the edge of deep sleep when I was startled awake again by a noise. A key in the lock, the door opening, and Kara entering our apartment, humming an opportune. The mattress below me creaked. The end. What was it that creaked the mattress before? Oh my god, wait, that took me a minute! Yes, yes, most of these creepypastas do that to you. Like, literally, this person falls asleep exactly at midnight, midnight. hears someone opening the door. Door. They hear, like, yeah. someone looking, like, feeling someone looking at them, checking if they're asleep, and then right down into their bottom bunk. But then... Not too long after, they actually, the actual person, the actual Kara, comes through the door and goes into the apartment. Like, yeah, what the sorry, fuck? That took me, a, mostly because I was thinking about Loki. So <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, no, that, wait, you know what that reminds me of? Have you ever um, seen those or, like, read those, like, two-sentence horror stories? Yes. Where it's like, you know, I come into my son's room and he says, Dad, there's a monster under the bed who looks exactly like me. Yes. And then he looks under the bed and says, dad, there's a monster on my bed and he looks exactly like me. Yeah. Literally. Literally. I love those because they're just, they're the perfect amount of creepy, but it doesn't take you forever to get to the creepy part. It's just exactly. Bam. And honestly, that must be more difficult to write because you, you know what I mean? I, I saw it in the form of a comic, right? It was like, dad, I'm scared. There's someone under my bed. Mm -hmm. and he looks under the bed, and it's like the cartoon is through the same little girl, and it said, Dad, I'm scared. There's someone on my bed. And the dad's like, shit, <laughs> Peace, kid. It was nice knowing you. <laughs> nice fucking knowing you. Talk to you later. <laughs> All right, Lily, what is your last creepypasta for today? Okie doke. So for today, this is, I didn't get the name of this one. Oh. Uh, Oh, oh, yes. I think I think the title is I'm a 911 operator and I just had the most terrifying call. Oh, wait. Side note, guys. If any of you guys are 911 operators and like, I don't know, like legally what you can tell us story wise. But if you have like a creepy experience while being a 911 operator that you're able to tell us, email us at. So schoolythingspodcast at gmail.com. I just, I, you know, I feel like 911 operators don't get enough credit for like the things that they have to deal with over the phone. Especially because, like, think about, I mean, I know that, uh, like, okay, 
Rebecca, you worked in, you never did food service, but you did retail yes. briefly, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So you get that like Saturday afternoon rush, right? Yep. Think about it. Right. And like, you can kind of expect it. Right. And, you Always. know, at the rep, you know, in food service, you know, you get, we get that people stop by on their lunch break rush. Yeah. Right. And the restaurant, you get the dinner rush, but and in between, you know, you have time to kill. You'll you'll fold your shirts and check the stock room. You'll do roll ups. You'll restock. You know, deposit slips. Right. You have stuff to do. Mm -hmm. But I feel like being a nine one one operator, you at, at any given moment, you can be playing solitaire on your cell phone, and all of a sudden, you hear that somebody's dead. Yeah. And like, like you're responsible to get those people there in time to either help save someone's life. Or to uh, just there's just so many situations that 911 uh, uh, first responders have to deal with. Exactly, and it, it's it's so because it's so un you know like it could be like yeah you know because like you know in your jobs you can most jobs you can kind of predict yeah like it's gonna be a slow day uh -huh. you know like it's the like. You know, I know at the restaurant, like, 4th of July was always really slow for us because everyone's at barbecues. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's going to be a slow night today. I'm sure that, you know, if you were ever working, you know, or, like, when you were at, you were at the resort, right? Yep. Like, Like, you know, like, there were times when you could tell, but crazy shit. You know, these calls are made every day mm -hmm. at all times of the day. Yeah. So there really is no predicting when something like that is going to happen and that must be just and and then to be you know like just chilling you know doodling on a notepad and all of a sudden you get a call that someone's mother has gone into cardiac arrest and at the drop of the hat you know you have to go from that place of drawing spongebob to saving a life i just i can't even imagine that so yeah. shout out to everyone every form of first responder and 911 operator and all that stuff Okay, back to the creepy stuff. How did we get on this topic? I don't know. I think you're talking oh, right, about 911 responders. <laughs> my, my story about a 911 operator. Okay. <clears throat> Let me stretch out. Here we go. 911, what is your emergency? Yeah, hi. Um, this is going to sound kind of strange, but there's a man stumbling around in circles in my front yard. Could you repeat that, sir? He looks sick or lost or drunk or something. I just woke up to get a glass of water and heard snow crunching around underneath my front window, so I peeked out. I'm looking at him now. He's about 10 yards away from my window. Something's not right. What is your address, sir? 1617 Quarry Lane in Pinella Pass. I'm going to send a squad car your way, but that's quite a ways out. Are you alone in your house, sir? Yes, I'm alone. Can you confirm that all of your doors and windows are locked? Stay on the phone with me. I know that my front is definitely locked up, but I'll go check my back door real quick. Pause. I appreciate your help, by the way. I know this is kind of strange, but I really hope that... Pause. Sir, are you still there? He's, he's still in the yard, but he's... What the fuck? He's upside down. What? Sir, stay on with me. What is happening? He's staring right at me, but he's, he's, he's standing on his hands now. He's perfectly still, staring straight at me. He's doing a handstand, and he's smiling at me and not moving. No! Ah! Okay. 
No! He's... He's doing a handstand, sir? I, I, I don't know. He, he, yeah, he's facing me and standing on his hands, and he's got this huge smile, and he's perfectly still. What the fuck? Please get someone out here now. Sir, I need you to remain calm. I've put out the call, and an officer is on his way. His, te- uh, his, his teeth are so huge. Uh. What the fuck? Please help me. Sir... I want you to try and keep an eye on him, but make sure your back door is locked again. We need to make sure all possible access points are secured. Can you talk me through and confirm that your back door is locked? Okay, I'm walking backwards now and keeping him in my sight. My hand is on the back doorknob now. It's locked. I need to check the deadbolt, so I'm going to take my eyes off him for a split second. All right, sir. Help is on the way. Just stay on with me. Everything's going to be all right. Sir? Pause. Mm. Sir? Are you still there? He's... His face. It's up against the glass. Ah! Sir, I need you to speak up. What is happening? I looked away for a split second, and now his face. It's pressed up against my front window. His teeth are huge, and he's still smiling. What There's the no fuck? color in his eyes. Jesus, please help me. Why won't it it just fucking move? Sir, I need you to go to the nearest room and lock yourself inside of it. Do you have a basement or a bedroom you can lock yourself in? He won't stop staring. He's going to hurt me. Sir, I need you to listen to me. Lock yourself somewhere safe until the officer arrives at your house. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. I'm going to lock myself in my room. And you are positive that you are alone in your house, correct? Yes, I'm alone in the house. Wait a moment. He's moving. He's shaking his head. He's telling me no. He can hear us. Ah! He's telling me I'm not alone. Pause. 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 Sir. Sir, are you still there? I hear a loud noise. Is everything all right? Pause. Sir? The end. No! <laughs> what the hell? Oh my god, the handstand is, it's a handstand for me, man. Yeah, I was about to say, it's the teeth for me. Yeah, I'm not, mm mm I would Am love, I like, what were you going to say? Oh no, sorry, what were you saying? No, I was just going to say, at one point, um, he says, instead of saying he, he uses the word it. Ooh. Which is just so well. Let me see. Where is it? Um, no color in his eyes. Why won't it just fucking move? And it's like, yes, like yes. Whoever wrote this, using a good choice of words. I, I just, it's for me the whole situation that I'm just thinking of this as if this was like a Netflix special, kind of like a really fucked up Twilight Zone series. Of all these sto- small creepypasta stories, that would make such a good series. Wait a minute, Rebecca. What? It says that there might. Wait, I just. It says read more in part two. <gasps> There's a part two. Okay. Yeah. Wait. Can I read it real quick? Of course. Loki that is was short. crying about yeah, it. I just, he wants to hear more. I just got to the at the bottom. It was like, oh, I suggest listening to this dramatic reading. Blah blah blah. And then it said, um, and then it said, also, here's part two. So let's see. Okay. Let's hear it. Um, 
This is very urgent, so I'll get right to it. I pulled some strings with my colleagues in the department, and I was able to obtain a copy of the police report that the offer filed in regards to the call two weeks ago. I've got to be extremely careful about covering up the officer's per- Wait, is this one real? I don't know. This is very, this is very persuasive already. This is on, okay, so here's the thing. There's Reddit creepypasta and Reddit no sleep and no sleep stories can be real. Um, and I, so this one might be real, guys. Ooh. Okay. Um, holy shit. Okay. Um, cover off the personal, personal information. Okay. The investigation is ongoing and there's been some weird stuff happening. You'll see what I mean below. The police and news departments are in a frenzy trying to keep the details quiet for now. And there is a palpable feeling of uneasiness circulating around town. If my bosses find out I am posting this all here and I lose my job, so be it. This is the only official statement being released to the public tomorrow morning. Town Police Department advises all homes and businesses within five miles of 1617 Quarry Lane to secure all doors and windows by any extra security measures available. Effective immediately, a curfew is in effect for all citizens in the city of Ashland. All persons found on the streets after sundown will be held and questions in regards to suspicious cult activity. A police barrier has been placed around the perimeter of the quarry in in northwest Ashland. No one is to enter this restricted zone until further notice. Any and all persons found attempting to enter this restricted zone will be subdued on site. Officers have been ordered to use force at their own discretion. There will be no exceptions. So here is the transcript of the actual police report filed by the officer who arrived on the scene. I don't know how my friend got a copy of this, and honestly, I don't want to know. So here we go. Begin report. Officer number redacted approached the premises of the house at 4.37 a.m. on 9 February 2015 in response to a 911 dispatch report of a suspicious person. The officer immediately noticed that there were no lights on in the house and there was no response after the officer repeatedly knocked on the door while identifying himself. The officer then noticed a series of erratic footprints and handprints in the snow ah! leading up to the Holmes Bay window. He no- he uh, noted no evidence of forced entry into the home through the bay window, however. Mm. Upon examining the rear of the house, officer noted another set of footprints originating from the edge of the quarry approximately 20 yards from the house and leading directly towards the back of the house. Um, the prints were spaced extraordinarily far apart, indicating that this individual was able to cover an immense amount of ground in relatively few strides. Uh-huh. So this motherfucker must have been tall, or just had really long legs, or Slenderman Slender vibes. Ah! Did you just say Slenderman? Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> okay. The officer then noted a series of marks. presumed to be hand and footprints leading directly up the aluminum siding of the house 
and ending immediately under an attic window on the third floor. Uh-oh. The officer noted that the attic window appeared to have been broken, up, had appeared, wait, I lost my place, fuck me. Okay, um, <laughs> I've been broken into from the outside. There were no ladders or cables visible, which could have assisted in the invader in reaching the third story window. Um, and then an author's note, on the copy of the report I have, the sergeant of the police department circled this section and wrote in the margin, what the hell? Investigation needed immediately. Oh, my God. This was, I think this was a cryptid. I don't think this was a man. Definitely. this nothing humanoid about this. So, upon completion of the officer's survey and his inability to enter the house without a lawful warrant, the officer began driving away in his squad car at approximately 4.43 a.m. As he was calling the station to report his findings, he claimed to have witnessed several pale, smiling faces appear in every window of the house. What? Each wearing an expression of what he later described as, quote, eager and amused curiosity. All right, well, yeah. it's fine. I didn't need to sleep for the rest of the year anyway. <laughs> right? What the fuck? Oh, God. That is the creepy... That's the creepiest story that you've told today. And you had some phenomenal stories. That one, icing on the cake. Yeah, I'm... Ugh. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean... So, I know I, I wanted to do creepy pastas, but the, like when I search creepypasta, sometimes you get no sleeps and they're pretty much the same thing. So yeah, but yeah, both are aptly named because it was creepy and I will get no sleep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know if my last one will top that story, but let's give it a go. All right. Okay. Let's do it. This is titled. It started as a leak. The rainy season began in early summer, and June had been no exception. It did not surprise the man when he discovered rainwater dripping from his dining room ceiling. Shrugging it off, he placed a tall pot underneath the leak and expected it to stop on its own. However, it continued to rain, and before he knew it, the pot would threaten to overflow. He had to dump the water out first thing in the morning and straight after he returned home from work. Eventually, he began to notice water damage at the source of the leak. The white ceiling had discolored, turning a dull shade of brown. He checked the weather and realized that it would continue to rain sporadically over the next 10 days. The man was worried about the ceiling mildewing and becoming an expensive repair, so he called a local handyman. Unfortunately, the man could not sign to have the repairs done. Only his landlord could. It was a frustrating policy. The man called his landlord but could not reach him. He left him a few voicemails detailing how the damage was becoming progressively worse. The man was clueless as to why his landlord would not return his calls. They usually kept in touch, speaking at least twice a month. Finally, he reasoned that he would not be held accountable for any damages sustained. One night, the man was startled awake by a massive thump. He quickly turned on his bedside lamp, and just vaguely, he could see an overturned table and a large shape laying across it. He sprinted out of his apartment and called the police, gagging at the smell. The man sat in the police station with a blanket wrapped around his shoulders and a coffee mug resting in his hands. He did know one thing. There had been a dead body in his ceiling, and the water had saturated it so badly that it caved under the weight. Yes. Stop. So far, yes, so far the body was unidentifiable due to the rainwater and was being autopsied. 
While the man waited, he called his landlord and finally reached him, panicking as he explained the situation. His landlord was just as alarmed, and the man pleaded for him to come to the station while he made his statement. The man paused as a detective crossed over to him, and he lowered his phone, wondering if the body had been identified. His blood ran immediately cold, and he shook his head with terror. The body belonged to Richard Thompson, his landlord, and he had died over a year ago. That's not what disturbed him the most. If his landlord was dead, then who was pretending to be him? The end. I have goosebumps. I have actual goosebumps. Ugh, ah! oh, God. Spooky kooky ooky. Wait a minute. Here's the thing. So why was... I'm just a little confused for what the water... So the water was... Water from the dead body i think the water was like it was actually raining okay but over time because i guess it was coming from like the attic or whatever the water that was dripping because i guess there was like a leak Mm -hmm. i guess over time when like when a body's decomposing like the bodily fluids also got it okay okay yep got it yeah yeah enough said oh my god so, uh, yeah, Dude, that wraps that up. <laughs> I See, but here's the thing, though. Now I'm kind of paranoid because where I live, I have met my landlord two times. Uh-oh. And now I'm scared. Is that really your landlord? What if it's not? I mean, he seems like a nice guy except for the time that he parked his truck wrong and I got a scrape on my car, but that's that's none of my business. <laughs> um I, you know what? That's such a generational thing to say. Like, someone scrapes your car and you say, oh, well, it's not any of my business. Meanwhile, it's completely your business because it's your car. <laughs> Meanwhile, boomers would be like, um, I got a fork instead of a spoon. I'm going to leave a one-star Yelp review and try to get this waitress fired. Ah, how about the woman who came in to the restaurant and she was like, that table got, a, got here at the same time as us. How come they got their food before us? And we're like, well, because they came in and when we went to take their drink order, they both ordered their food right away. And they just got like chicken Caesar salads. Right. And she was like, well, if I'm going to enjoy my stoop, even though I'm getting it after, I'll at least need a spoon. And we were like, it's literally under the bowl. Oh, like, no. Oh, you no, Karen. And she couldn't make eye contact with any of us for the rest of her dinner. Clown activity. Honestly. Okay. So. Um, was that it? Was that all our stories? We yeah. should do this one again, definitely. I feel like we've been killing it with the weekly episodes that we're doing like part two, part threes soon for each one. Yeah. Because they're all so interesting. I like um, so it. So if you have any stories that you'd like to submit for us or ideas for us to do for, you know, future episodes, email us at... Just Lily Things Podcast All right, at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting that at gmail. It's kind of important. Um, Lily, do you have a- anything to wrap us up with before we shout out our socials? Um, God. Um, stay safe this Halloween. Stay spooky, kooky, ooky. Um, but, you know, have a, you know, small Halloween party. You know, maybe if it's not too cold, do it outside. You know, socially distance. 
Yeah, a socially distanced Halloween party. Honestly, because there's nothing scarier than being crammed in a room full of a bunch of strangers dressed as people other than themselves. You know what? You know why I- I'm actually for Halloween parties this season? It's because mm-hmm. we're lacking social we're lacking social um, events, understandably mm-hmm. because of COVID. But the beauty about Halloween is you get to dress up in masks. So you know what? Wear a costume that requires you to wear a mask. And then you can go to a party, and it's fine, because you're covering your face, right? Holy shit! Yeah, oh my god, I'm gonna get one of those weird crying baby masks. Do you know the masks I'm talking about? Oh, fuck, yes, I do. I'm gonna get one of those weird crying baby masks. I'm gonna <laughs> wear it to my jobs, on because I, I think I'm working on Halloween. I think I'm gonna roll up and be like, what's up? I think I'm gonna get a plague doctor costume. <gasps> Ooh, I know Um, a friend of mine and I are planning on doing... um what is it like Barbie and Teresa? Cause she has blonde hair and I have brown hair. Oh, that's but we're so like, cute. but, and, but we're like, how would we do that with a mask? You know, maybe surgeon Barbie and Teresa. We'll figure it out. Okay. That's cute. That's cute. All right. Well, anyways. Okay. Yes. Social, social media. Yes. Okay. Follow us on Instagram at. And just coolie things podcast. Our personal Instagrams at Rebecca Ruber and. At Lily Baldessari. Twitter. JGT podcast which quick note about Twitter I'm sorry I haven't been on it a lot I had a rough weekend and I'm just getting back to it so I'm sorry continue the comeback is real follow us on or like us on Facebook just believe things podcast follow our private Facebook group which I will be posting a fun little thing in I guess I'll post as soon as we hang up um it's one of those autocorrect like use autocorrect to finish the sentences cute cute That'll be so fun. that'll be in our private Facebook group, Just Ghouly Things Podcast group. Donate to our Patreon. Just Ghouly Things Podcast. Uh, also, you could buy our merch like you mentioned previously at tpublic.com, Just Ghouly Things Podcast, or through the link in our Instagram bio. Yeah, and if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience you'd like to share in our show, feel free to email us at that had me at the edge of my seat oh and (laughs) if you uh if you haven't already rate us five stars and review us on wherever you are listening to us every rate and review counts it helps us go up the charts uh at one point we were like number two or number nine in south africa for comedy so uh south africans are doing it right but uh we should make an appearance once once we're the ghoulie girls as soon as there's a, a vaccine for COVID, I am, I am first class going over to South Africa to perform for you guys. <laughs> You're welcome. We're here. We're vaccinated. We, we are ready to go. Um, and <laughs> yeah, make sure you register to vote. Yes, register to vote. You can do it so many places, but vote.gov. If, or you could literally just Google it. I think, I think the deadlines for most states, at least for New Jersey, is, like, coming up. So definitely get on that if you haven't, because we don't want to hear you complaining if you haven't voted. Okay? Great. Exactly. All right, Boo Thangs. We will talk to Boo next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.